The Weekly Dish podcast is brought to you by Lakewinds Co-op in Minnetonka, Chanhassen, and Richfield with delivery from Instacart. There's no membership required to shop at Lakewinds. All are welcome. Check out lakewinds.com, and if you can't make it to a Lakewinds, please visit your local food co-op in the neighborhood near you. Whether you need a whole meal ready to eat or you're looking for some options to make meal prep a bit easier, the deli at Lakewinds has options for everyone. Rotisserie chickens are a lifesaver, and Lakewinds has cage-free chicken from Caddy Jan that are perfectly roasted and ready to eat. They're available in whole or half sizes, and these birds are great as a main course or used in pastas, fajitas, or salads. I'm Stephanie Hansen, and I make a quick Caesar wrap with flatbed from the deli, chicken and local romaine lettuce topped with Salad Girl's dairy free lemony Caesar dressing. It is so easy and so delicious. Grab and go pizzas are also in the deli. They've got handmade whole wheat dough, organic tomato sauce, and sustainably sourced toppings that make these pie a healthy alternative to typical pizza parlor fare or what you would cook in the frozen section. Try creative toppings like barbecue sauce instead of pizza sauce. And that rotisserie chicken with chopped red onion and cilantro makes a perfect barbecue chicken pizza. Brussels and kale salad are also in season right now with organic leaves of kale, roasted Brussels raisins, and parmesan, they all come together in this deli favorite. Pair them with homemade main dishes, and you guessed it, again, the Lakewoods Rotisserie Chicken. The deli even has desserts, too. There's carrot cake and vegan chocolate cake, everything for you at Lakewoods. Lakewoods Food Co-op is in Minnetonka, Chanhassen, and Richfield with delivery from Instacart. Find out more at lakewoods.com. rainy Saturday. I'm Stephanie March. I'm here with Stephanie Hansen. Um, and we are just having some fun technical stuff. So just bear with us. It feels like, I don't know, 2020 maybe. Maybe that's what's going on. Um, anyway, I'm going to give you guys a weather report because it's kind of snizzly and we have had basically weather this weekend. You know, I mean, like it has seriously been, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I, <laughs> this whole situation to go from 90 to, you know, 55 or not even like 40. My God, I got to tell you, although the thing is, what's the best part about it, of course, of course, is that basically it turns into baking weather. It turns into baking and braising weather, which I fully, fully did this weekend. So we have a little bit of snizzle out there. I mean, I guess it's not a full snizzle. It's a... uh it's a it's a it's a rain sort of it's a first gadurzel. It's not, a first gadurzel. Because that's freezing rain though. Right. Snizzle has actually got snow in it, and that's not what I'm saying. Okay, I think we're back. Um but I gotta tell you that are you do you have yours? Yep. Okay. Um sorry you guys. <laughs> I got no pop screen. Sorry. We're Every, just dealing we're with just, the whole COVID. Yep, we're just Every having time a moment. come in the studio, it's a little bit different what's here. Yeah. Everyone's supposed to have their own stuff and blah, blah, blah. So anyway, uh, I'm going to tell you that, like, I welcome fall, obviously, as like a hot, like, as in, like, let's get to it. Like, done with summer, end of Labor Day, I'm like, let's go. Let's get sweaters. Let's get leggings. Let's do all the right things. So I was very happy that for the first time in a long time, you know, Minnesota listened to me. I'm not so happy on my end. I know. I was up in Ely for the Labor Day holiday and literally we were like, okay, I think it's going to freeze. Do we have to like turn off the water? Do we have to put the air in a freeze down? Oh, God. The garden, I was panic, like gathering produce. I 
closing the cabin is opening the cabin is like a four hour process. Closing yeah. it is like a 12 hour process. And due to circumstances in our life, I had to do it in six hours. And then I was panicking because there's produce in the garden and I was like, I cannot let it go to waste. So I was literally making green, like I was making green tomato salsa and then like cleaning out the refrigerator. And then I was hauling a boat up and then I was going and making jam. Like I was making all this stuff because I was panicking that I was going to somehow leave one piece of edible food in my garden and then I was like, okay. How just... weird is that? There's like animals that will eat it. Well, but no, because it's fenced in. But oh, you wouldn't let it open. Well, so then I thought maybe I should leave the door open. Yeah. And then my friend was like, no, don't do that because deer and stuff will go in there and they'll poop. And like, you don't want that necessarily in the garden space. And eh. she said, you'll train bears to come. There's The bears are really hungry okay, up there I, and traveling all around. So she's like, you'll train bears to come. Huh. So I was like, okay, but yes, it was a lot of panicking to just get everything done and the garden put to bed. What an epic season though. Like I literally had another gigantic bag of tomatoes. Did you, I mean, that's, you had a great season up there, huh? I did. Once the tomatoes came in, we bought the right kinds. I dried a bunch. I canned a bunch. I made the butter sauce and froze it. Like literally a lot has happened in the last week. So I am moving, which is surprising because I had just moved. Well, I mean, you moved two years, years ago. Two years ago. Two, right? It was three. It was three. Um, but I decided that I indeed wanted a yard after all and that maybe townhome living wasn't maybe the best thing for me when you put a pizza box in the trash and someone from the association walks by and says, Oh, did you know they don't really recycle pizza boxes like this? So I took it out for you. That really maybe yeah, I was a little too much by other people's rules. for me. Yeah, no, that's not my bag either. So I, <clears throat> the HOA, the homeowners association. Yeah. So I've been looking for a house and found one, made an offer. They accepted it. And then you're in this mad panic of, oh, my gosh, I have to sell my house. And so we closed our cabin, canned all this food, downsized to put our house on the market in the span of literally three days. Kurt and I were exhausted. The house looked amazing, but we were just like so done. And then it went on the market yesterday and you get a lot of activity right away. And so during this show, I will probably find out if we sold our house or not. Oh, my God. It went on the market yesterday? Yesterday morning. Wow. And there's already, I think, like three or four interested people. Yeah. So it's a really crazy market. You have to have everything. Like, Kurt was like, where's my book? I'm like, it's in whatever cupboard is the closest to where you used it. Because I'm just throwing stuff in cupboards. My bag is 55 pounds because I have so much stuff in it. And it's, it's just crazy. And the good news is I went to the other house. It's very nice. It has beautiful gardens. And I will get to redo a kitchen again. <laughs> my, my third in like five years. Like you get to. It's so weird that you think like that instead of like, I have to. No, I'm excited to get a new wolf stove. I'm always excited to get a new wolf stove. That's yeah. my jam. Uh-huh. A new hood. Like hood technology has changed. I'm like, oh, the hoods are so cool. Oh my so, God. yeah, but well, I, li- I have like 40 k- jars of mason jars full of food, too. So That you have to bring over? Yes. And then the best part, I'm leaving today in the van. 
I'm going on a van trip. Are you? And we had this van trip pre-planned. We're meeting a friend in Santa Fe, New Mexico that has a house there that we've never seen. And we were going to cancel. And then it was like, but what if the house is on the market? Like, we may as well just not be there. So, yeah. Well, and we I leave think, after the show. Kurt will pick me up. I think duly we have to explain the fact that we don't have to tell people where you're moving, but uh, that you are moving to the west side. And that is really... And I'm going to say it right now. You are not allowed to act like I'm oh yes you don't get to discover the west side as if it's never existed <laughs> yes, before I do. no no I you don't and Stephanie I will shut you down every time I sent her a text and I was like okay I am moving to the west side I grew up in Bloomington so that's not the west side okay. that was south yes so I said I am moving to the west side and I'm sorry that I'm going to be this insufferable person that acts like every west side oh discovery is the most discovery of the discoveries yeah but you're going to have to put up with me. No, and I'm not gonna. I'm gonna tell you what. I'm gonna I'm gonna start keeping a log of the dates of things. I'm gonna tell you that that has no, been in existence since 1825. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you can't respect like, the fact that other people exist and know things, then I'm going to show, tell you that they do. I was like, oh, actually, we had our first um, experience with takeout on the West Side. Have you heard of Nong's Thai place? <laughs> Yes. Okay. It was fantastic. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is so exciting. I love Thai food. It's great to find a new Thai place. Mm-hmm. Like Lat 14. I'm, it's going to be close to me. I'm excited about that. Travail. Pig ate my pizza. Oh, great. Like I'm opened up to a yeah. whole new world that Stephanie's been in already. And has talked about incessantly and like as if you didn't hear me at all. That's what this is going to be like. As if no, you didn't because I did hear, hear you me. because there's that deli. That makes their own super good deli meat sandwiches. That's kind of over by I don't, Crossroads. You said that, and I have no idea what you're talking it's the about. The little deli over by the Shane Jewelry Company. Yeah, you over said that. In that little strip mall that you talk about. You've talked about it twice. Are you talking about Nelson's Deli? Maybe. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. St. Louis Park, right? Yeah, that's okay. close. Yeah. Um, and for those of you East Siders that are worrying, we we love the East Side. We won't abandon it. In fact, our daughter who lives in downtown Minneapolis is like, well, you know, I'm going to end up living in St. Paul probably within like six months. Right. I was like, of course. Yeah, sure. that's how it goes. I move to where you are. You move away. Yeah. This is what kids do. And great. Then we'll have good East Side representation. Right. But well, it's been and a I mean, lot. you still know the East Side better than a lot of people. So, yeah, than a lot of people on the West Side. That's the thing. Yeah. So it is. I, I'm sorry, listeners, for the insufferableness that is going to probably ensue. When and how I my own like frustration. I've something it's really, for the first time, and Stephanie will be like, duh. It'll actually be more, they'll be mad at me because you will have found true joy to say, like, oh my God, look at this Cedar Lake Wine Company. I'll be like, I just talked about them last week, remember? And you'll be like, oh my God. So it'll be like me. I'll be the one they'll get mad at. That's the best part because I'll be frustrated. And then they'll be like, ah, don't step on her joy. Someone actually said yesterday, oh, you get to go to my favorite wine store. Oh, my God. I was like, which one is that? And they're like, see, they like like wine. wine They have the best wine. Well, better yet, I talked about their Vino Verde, uh, you know, when you were not on the show. Was it Loto? You'd put a picture of it. Yeah, I put a picture of it. And and, uh, I put it up and they basically, they tagged you, of course, which is fine. I don't care. But then they sent a message. And I think the owner works with your sister. The owner's wife works with your sister. Well, there you go. I know. So there it is. It's all funny. It all comes around. Yep. Um, the good news is... We're just really trying to share, you know, 
Good things with the Twin Cities. Really, that's really it. We're just trying to share good things that we find with you guys. I will try to be gracious <laughs> and generous. I'll try to not be insufferable. How about you hard. just... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I have brought, oh, it's time to take a break. It is. We do have a good show today, though. We we're going to do a restaurant update. We, Our friend Scott Pampu is doing something cool, so we're going to talk with him. And there's been a lot of change in how people shop during the pandemic, so we're going to talk about that. All the goodness on the Weekly Dish. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. It's Steph March for Common Ground, Minnesota. And I know you're wondering, who is Common Ground, Minnesota again? Well, let me tell you. It's women in agriculture. These are women farmers who are right here in Minnesota volunteering their time to talk to you guys about food and how it's grown and how and why they grow it. That's Common Ground. Common Ground is, you know, a place where you can go and you can ask those questions about why they grow the food that they're growing and how they're growing it and how that affects the your family and what they're eating. This is the greatest part about these guys is that they're just up for discussion because, of course, we all love to talk about food, right? So at Common Ground Minnesota, they have a new website, commongroundminnesota.com. And it's a great new site with, it's got farmers, it's got topics, it's got a great blog, it's got heat recipes, there's farm dogs. I don't know what else you could ask for, really. Common Ground Minnesota is a great spot. You can also check them out on Instagram, at Common Ground, M-I-N-N. And of course, on Facebook, at Common Ground Minnesota. It's a great place for everybody to go and have a conversation. Girl, is that like 1990? I'm not used to it being like we're ready to talk. Then you know what I mean. Like, yeah, I'm not used to that at all. Hope will know because Hope's a 1990s girl. What story of a girl was that oh, 1990s? Hopey. I don't know if that's the specific year, but I know that song. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a 90s. 90s. But yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. yeah. All right. So we we because we were off last week. Um, we didn't get a really chance to talk about some of the crazy stuff happening in the restaurant yes. industry that seemed to capture every other media news outlet. You know, it was hard to have be called to talk about restaurants on so many other media channels and not be able to have my own radio show to talk about it. Yeah, you know, I get that. because I always want to like give you my full perspective and I want to take the time to build my discussions. You know me. Yep. But anyway, um, we do want to talk about kind of and also. You know, this week coming up uh, is six months since the close, since the shutdown. I thought about that. Yeah, I'm going to do a big blog coming up this week, you guys. I've talked to a lot of different restaurant people. We're going to talk, and I'm going to kind of put together this little piece that's kind of the big check-in. Like, how's everybody doing? Um, and I think that it's uh, it's we're at a place where right now we're looking at, um, you know, what happens. The big question is this, and I think especially with the weather this last week, the big question is... What happens in winter? Because most Minnesotans are sort of doing their dining on patios, the ones who don't feel safe, for sure. You know, there's the people who are still doing takeout and are not going out. And then you have the people who are like, well, I'll go to an outdoor patio and I feel safe there. But it's not like the virus has gone away. And it's not like the caseload has gone down. It's pretty much we're stuck right at this place, right? So as we are moving into a place where our patios are going to disappear, everybody is thinking about what does that mean? I went to Broder's Pasta Bar the night before last with my stepdad, who's in his 70s. Yep. He literally had six coats on. He had a shirt, a flannel, a vest, a flannel, a coat, and then like a windbreaker over that and gloves. Yeah. I mean, it was overkill. My sister had her soccer like blanket, wool blanket. I had a lap blanket. We had a great time. Did they give you the blankets or did you bring them? No, we brought everything because it was cold. Yeah. But... 
I was like, okay, is this the last time like that I'm going to eat out at a patio? But no, because it's we're going to get back to some normal fall weather here. Yeah. But we still, I do believe, I do believe this blip, you know what they call fake fall. And then we go into, you know, second summer and then we have another <laughs> bunch of falls. Um, I do believe that we are. Uh, that we're gonna, tr- they're gonna try to stretch it. I don't, I don't think they were ready for this forty degrees after Labor Day because everyone has ordered heaters, you know, yeah. and they're working on blankets. And you know, I just talked to Nick Rancone from Revival, and he's bought some fire pits. He was going to pick up firewood, you know, and so I think that we're looking at pr- potentially a really beautiful long patio season with really good, you know, kind of warm feels if we can get it. But God forbid it turns to be rainy and 40 because your food gets cold in a hot second. And then you're kind of like, I got to go. There's yeah. no long staying. There's not a lot of ordering. It's just a quick, you know, thing. So I think that that is a weird thing that people are thinking about. But they are doing things as much as they can. But I think it's up. I mean, when you get down to the Minnesotans, we are hardy and we do love to have our things. But we also we also start to get the feels of like, OK, it's now time for me to go indoors. Mm-hmm. I just don't know how restaurants are going, what they're going to do. And in fact, um, Alma, I don't know if you saw the announcement. Alma, uh, Alex Roberts and Margo, his wife, decided that they were going to shut Alma down as of November 2nd, as far as being a dining spot. They're going to still do takeout, limited hours, and they're going to continue their boutique hotel situation. But they're not going to, there's no longer going to be any inside dining because they feel they can't keep people safe. They can't, you know, probably make the money that they need to make with the way that they need to socially distance. I do think what we're going to see is that people will weather the season, but the way they're going to do it is to go down to key staff management. They may have to lay off servers. They Let's may be have clear to that that is coming. Lay off personnel. Yeah. And so it'll be like when the pandemic first happened, where they'll run it on a real skeleton crew. Yep. They'll really beef up their to curbside to go. And yeah. maybe we'll just close dining rooms until next spring. Well, and I think that that's one of those things that is going to be uh, not. I think this is what's, what will be interesting, though, is because you're going to have people who do this um, and the restaurants who do this and it's not going to be mandated. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of people blame governor walls and they blame, you know, the leadership for the shutdown and then they blame them now for, you know, the economic strain. But I think what's interesting and and whether or not you feel that or not, the point is is that these restaurants are now going to have to make that decision themselves because I don't think the governor is going to, I don't think the state's going to come in and say, Okay, let's shut everything down again. They're going to leave it at 50% until yeah. spring. Yeah. And I think and I think that there'll be places for sure that will be fine. I mean, they will stay open. There will be plenty of places that stay open with their inside dining and they will do as much as they can for keeping people spaced out, but um you know, some people also don't care and that's a difference because I was definitely at a place I was at a place this week that I walked in and I was, I absolutely have not been like eating inside except for there's one place I've eaten inside and that's at Billy Sushi and I go at weird times where, and I we're at a table that is definitely away from other things. Um, but I was, I, the first time I walked into a place and I saw a full dining room and I saw people at tables, four tops that were very close. Like I had to like move in between them. And I was like, this is weird. I forgot that this is what this I had, like not a panic attack, but I had a feeling that I've never had before. Mm-hmm. And I was like, something's, this is not how this is supposed to be. And they had said that we overbooked and we didn't know what to do. And I just thought, 
this is the part that's your responsibility. This is the part that you say to your guests and to the people, sorry, we have to, you have to wait outside. And I'm sorry, but this is our fault, but I'm sorry. I did hear a restaurant. I was walking by the sidewalk and they were having a wait. People were kind of gathered and outside. And I heard the manager going from group to group and explaining, we're not used to the reservation system. We're still working out the kinks. We're sorry that it's taking a while. Can I get you a drink? And, you know, she was great in how she handled it. But I thought, oh, yes, a lot of these like burger joints and stuff, they're not used to reservations. No. And so and they're trying to be they're trying to be, you know, thoughtful in terms of and also they're trying to let walk ins come because they know that that's actually how a lot of people do it. So then they are trying to, you know, for the first time, bank reservations that have been made, but then also you know, honor their walk-ups. Take a reservation on site. Yeah. yeah, and so I know that that's a tough thing, and I know that a lot of them are trying to figure that out. So the whole thing is, let's just be patient as we watch how this goes. Yeah, we'll have more restaurant talk throughout the show. Yeah. We're going to take a break. You're listening to The Weekly Dish on My Talk 107.1. We'll be back. Okay, I let the bumper music <laughs> run out too long because I was really enjoying it. Uh-huh. Those little spicy Spice Girls. Yep. yep. Um, one of the things that kind of happened early on in the pandemic, and I have a video on my Instagram, I think, that I just kind of did impromptu one day because I had gone to the grocery store and it was such a like, wah, wah. you know, gone was the day of like the shopping and the sampling and the taking your time and like thinking like, okay, what am I going to cook tonight? I still and do that. Just like it was pandemic shopping. Like, okay, I'm just rice, pasta, like throwing all this stuff in a cart. Yeah. And they're starting to see after six months that this there is has been a shift in the way that people are shopping in grocery stores. So I thought it'd be kind of interesting to talk about Um, for the first time in a generation. Americans are spending more money at the supermarket than at places where someone else made the food. So this like my sister uh, Cubby, who I love. Yep. She's not a great cook. Cooking doesn't really inspire her. She's cooking basically to feed her family and she's never really enjoyed cooking. Like the last like couple of months, she's like, um, can I get that recipe for your tomato sauce? Okay. So I'm making this thing, but it says to put this thing in at this point. And like, do I put it in here or there? Like she's been asking me all these cooking questions. Yeah. And this week she was like, oh, you made that green tomato salsa. Um, I have some green tomatoes. Do you think I could use that in enchiladas? Like she's buying two rotisserie chickens when it's six buck cluck or whatever and thinking about how she can pull the chicken and freeze it for chicken noodle soup. It, I just see her in all these trends because she's a mom of two young kids, right? Yeah. yeah. So um, we are also, so we're buying more in grocery stores than out. The other thing we're doing is we're shopping a lot of nostalgic items. Yeah, so that's like a big thing. Lucky Charms and Fruit Loops and well, things that, that we ate as kids. That was a that was a blip. Like they were saying, this article. Are you talking about the? So the New York Times article really talks about. Uh, it's a really beautiful thing by Kim Severson. She's a brilliant writer over there, and they really they're talking about that how the behavioral scientists have been watching this, you know, six months, and it's a dream because we're a captive, and the nation is doing the same thing, right? So you get to kind of these trend analysts are going nuts, and I love it. 
But what I love the fact is that they're seeing these blips as they go up and they go down like our yeast. You know, the way that people were like panic shopping, not even panic shopping, but everybody decided to make sourdough bread. Everyone decided to bake. And it was like, that's an emotional response to what's happening, you know, and that in a weird way. I mean, that's the beautiful thing of watching our society move as this weird unit and to see like everybody's baking bread. So yeast, of course, goes away. And then they saw all of these nostalgic you know, everyone was buying like Lucky Charms and like all the sugar cereals and Little Debbie snack cakes because they needed comfort, you know, and that I think is such a that's like when we see how emotional and how connected our food is to our responses. Yeah, that is pretty interesting. Some yeah. of the other findings that trips are fewer and that people are really shopping from lists again. So you're not just um, running into the store multiple times or going to multiple stores. You are like going less, sh- doing shopping less, but right. you're buying more and you're more thoughtful about what you're buying and thinking. Because people don't want to do like, and honestly, for me, I am the three t- trips a week person because I eat f- more fresh. And so I think, well, if I'm going to have chili later, I'll just go get the beef the day of. I used to think like that. And I do think that I have I have curtailed mine a little bit. I don't necessarily shop every other day, but I do still go a couple days a week out. I am still panic shopping in bulk and then trying to eat down what I have. Yeah, I don't do that anymore. I have anymore. a full freezer of food. I've got 30 jars of canned stuff. You know what? I still have massive bags of rice that I bought, which I just don't eat that much rice. And now I'm like, <laughs> I actually have bought my third massive bag of rice, which yeah. is kind of a joke at home. Yeah. Like, how are we eating all this rice? Um, 81% of shoppers have bought online, which yeah. that is a, a shift and a huge increase. Um, farmers obviously have found their way to the Internet. So that's been something that's been new and um, well received. Here's something I did not see coming. Orange, oranges are the new snack. Yeah. Like people are buying oranges again. Yeah. That's weird to me. Is I it? love oranges. I don't really buy oranges. I kind of buy an orange as like a garnish for an old fashioned, to be honest. Yeah. But I'm like, oh yeah, oranges. Because if you have oranges on hand, it's always like a snack and... I've never not bought oranges. Yeah, I've always bought oranges. Clementines are 100%. They live on my counter whenever they're in season. I don't buy them out of season. And I don't tend to buy, you know, too many big oranges out of season. But we buy grapefruits. We buy citrus. Okay. And and it's up. Grocers said that they sold 73% more oranges than during the same month. In This is May. In May. And a lot of it has to do with the vitamin C quotient. So people are thinking about their health. They're thinking about, I don't want to get sick. I know I need to take more vitamin C. I don't really want to take vitamins. I want to eat. So they're buying more oranges as a way to boost their immunity. Um, The store is getting redrawn. So wider aisles, new methods of sanitation, less crowding. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, choices are shrinking. And I don't necessarily like this trend, but instead of having like six different types of uh, steak sauce, stores are going down to like three or four and just paring everything down. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's mostly a business decision that they're doing because... You know, it costs them a lot to have a variety, like a huge variety, but they're seeing that people are sort of settling. It's actually because of our own choices, because we target one thing and then we settle on it and we go, okay, I'm going to get, I'm just going to get this. And they, you know, and so they're saying we don't necessarily, people aren't choosing a wide variety anymore. And that again, to me, I'm like, ugh, I get there and I'm like, they don't have the thing that I want. They don't specifically have these sausages that I always want at my store. And I'm like, oh, why not? They're like, well, we have three other kinds of Polish. I'm like, but those suck. 
I don't want those. I, I want, want the other kinds. And so I find myself thinking, well, I'll just get it online. Like, that's how I think. If I can't have what I want in the store, I'll just get it online. I still have never bought food online. Yeah, you have. You've bought, you've had like, I mean, like you had deliveries of food to your house from like, didn't you get like a pork delivery? I bought a farm share. Yeah, I guess I think of that as the same thing. Uh, but I've never bought groceries online. No, I don't either. I haven't had like Amazon. No Instacart. Like Instacart, nothing. Nope. I still like to go to the grocery yeah. store, even though it's pandemic shopping. Dried beans are another indicator, and it may be an economic indicator because as people have become more food insecure, dried beans are cheap and a good way to get proteins. Yeah. But they're usually go on the down low during the summer months, and, and then they come back again in the fall and the winter. But dried beans sales have stayed really strong. Yeah. Yeah. I um, mean. Freezer items are hot. So we saw like just locally, like Nordic Waffles went to a free, has a freezer product, uh, Betty and Earl's, which is um, the biscuit company. They just launched a freezer product that you can buy and bake um, at home. Uh, Tipsy Sarah's Tipsy Pies expanding in the freezer sections. So people are seeing a lot more freezer items. And the freezer item was kind of the wasteland for a while. Like you just had your frozen pizzas and your frozen vegetables, but people are really going back to stocking up on frozen foods. Yeah. I think that it's because when their pantries are full, they, you know what I mean? Like they're sort of, it's a thing that they can stick away and not think of. And then when you get to a point where you're like, I don't really want to go out, but I need something to eat. At least I have this from the freezer and they're pulling out these prepared meals. A lot of them is like the let's dish you know, kind of thing. Yep, or Lake Wins Deli yeah. has like the chicken pot pies. Well, or- I mean, and even... I mean, just even like Bertoli, those little chicken bags and things like that. I think a lot of those, I think that skew is going up through the roof. Frozen raviolis, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, This is, I think, a good sign that local is a bigger lure. The The fragility of the supply chain has given people and shoppers in particular a heightened sense of how important shopping locally is. Yeah. And even if you can replace certain items in your cart with locally produced goods, what a difference that that makes. Well, and I think a lot of, because a lot of restaurants are being coming, you know, a marketplace, like a provisions, mm-hmm. you know, places like Birchwood and, and Travail and, and uh, Manello and all their kind of stuff. Grocer's Table. Yeah. And how they, well, I mean, Grocer's Table is kind of has that deli setup where you can go and pick. I'm talking about people who are doing takeout and then they just throw a couple extra things on the takeout order. Yeah. Like, so, if I'm going to go to Birchwood and I'm going to get my savory waffle takeout, I may also throw in Maple you know, some eggs or, or that yeah. mustard for my sausages later, that kind of stuff. Um. So, yeah, lots of change in the way that the grocery stores, people are also buying bigger cart. The carts, the carts are bigger, like the cart loads are bigger. People aren't grabbing the smaller, um, aren't shopping. It's less frequent. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, and I don't know. I don't know how it's going to impact. Here's the weird thing, and I know that the study was really interesting. Um, if you, and if you click onto the New York Times article and dig into it a little bit more, um, they it's really interesting about how you know as we're looking into this and how this is not just a reaction, how it has changed. Like some some of this stuff, you know, I do believe that some of this stuff will go. You know, if things go back to a different way, like the before, there, you know, people may go back to more trips and less giant shops and online may change a little bit. But that's a habit that they see as being set in some ways and especially with different generations. Like, And as once you've as taught yourself to cook all this stuff. Right. Will you just continue to cook all this stuff? Right. 
Um, my grocery bill's gone sky high, but my eating out your bill, restaurant bill is, is so much lower because right. I'm really only doing takeout. Yeah. And so this is the question is like how and I do believe, as we said before, there is a generation of kids who, you know, over these last six months who are sort of stuck at home and maybe have learned a little bit more about home cooking than they have before. Oh, the stuff Ellie is making like bagels from scratch, homemade ramen, um, pierogies. But I'm uh, talking about like Cubby's sushi. kids because like the, like Ellie is a young adult. I don't consider her a kid, but like the the kids who are watching their parents cook for the first time. And being a part of that, that's changing that her kids. That is true. Yeah. yeah. It's not about the young adults, but it's about the, the middle school and the school age kids who are for the first time and also being made lunch by their mom or dad in yes. their space instead of like lunch lady at school. That is so true because my sister made scampi. Yeah. They, my sister's kids love shrimp and they were like, mom, this is like the best. Yeah. Just like the restaurant. Like, Boom. Done. They were so shocked that she could make something that tasted good, as good as a restaurant. That's what's interesting. And they, they go, quick, take a picture, send it to Steffi. Steffi will want to see it. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was really That's cute. Sweet. That's good. So yeah, we're shopping different. There it is. We're still eating the good, good Read that article. It's really good. It is posted on our Facebook page. So you can check that out. 651-641-1071 is our phone number for the Ask Stephanie portion of the show. You can tell us what you're cooking. You can ask us any questions about what to do with any of your pantry items. You can tell us about great places that you've went. 651-641-1071. We'll be right back. No one can help your unhappiness. Oh, you, baby. Yeah, I don't know, know this. You are such a mess. I don't know the words, but I love this song. And it's the, the Wilson kind of song Phillips. that you're screaming in the car. Yeah. Don't you know? It actually only makes me think of Bridesmaids now. Yes. Because of the end of the movie. But which has been on a lot. On the tellies. Lot. I watched about last night. People are watching retro TV, too, and retro movies. People that, are. <laughs> people. People are. T- let me tell you the story. People are doing this. Uh, with uh, Demi Moore and Rob Lowe, yeah. and they, like, meet at a bar, and then they move in together. And All right. Uh, well, then, if you're up for retro, I'm going to tell you what I watched last night with Matt, because my Matt came up from Chicago, because he's going to Boundary Waters this week, so I got to drive by, hang out. Um, are any of you watching Cobra Kai on Netflix? Because it is amazing. What is it? It is the story of Johnny and uh, from, it's the Karate Kid. It's uh, it's Ralph Macchio and I don't know what the other guy's name, the actor Johnny. But it's like, it takes them and they're like both adults. You know, it's like after the final battle and all this stuff. And then it goes into the, they're both adults. And, you know, Johnny is, um, what's Ralph Macchio's name in the movie? Why can't I think of it? Um, anyway. Um, so the karate kid is like the successful, you know, LaRusso kid. He's like, um, he's got a car lot. He's very successful. He's, he's made it, you know, obviously. And then Johnny, you know, the blonde kid who he kicks in the final, you know, the mean dude, he, uh, he's down on his luck, man. And so, but he's like so beat up that he decides to start Cobra Kai again, like the dojo. And it's very well written because there's a lot of layers to it. Like all of a sudden Johnny is kind of like the victim, you know, and he's trying to reclaim his like strength and he's helping beat up bullied kids. And yet LaRusso is sort of like the rich jerk at the, at the, at the country club. It's, it's funny. It's really great. I'm only like six episodes in, but if you have an eighties nostalgia and you have any sort of like, you know, love of the karate kid from your past, it's, it, it fills it. Okay. Six, five, one, six, four, one, one, oh, seven, one. If you want to give us a movie review, if you want to ask us anything, we are here for you. 651-641-1071 
Stephanie, we did have a caller during the break that wanted to know your analysis on the always pan. Yes, it's finally time. And I know I said I would do it. I said at the two weeks ago, I was like, we'll talk about it next week. And then we were off. So I didn't get to do it. And I am going to post a little bit more of a detailed account. But here's what I think. Um, and this is let me let me just put it into the context of this is if you guys don't know, this is a nonstick ceramic pan that you can buy from online. It's called Our Place and it's a light. It's very light. It has a, you know, a, a place that you can rest your spatula on. It's got a little steamer basket and a cover. And, you know, the, what they say is that it takes the place of all eight different things on your stove. And I will tell you, and it's one hundred and fifty bucks around okay. there. Like, so this is the question. Is it worth it? Right. And my thing is, of course, I bought it at 2 a.m. on it off of Instagram. <laughs> it was one of my I love it. One of my uh, COVID purchases. And here's the thing: Would I buy it again? I I'm glad I have it, but I cook a little differently than I think what it wants to be perfect for. So um, it doesn't ever get a good hot sear. You can't get like a hot sear on it. So because you're supposed to not heat it up super super high. Um, for the ceramic. Uh, so I think that's one of the things that it kind of never gets that that really great caramelization point. Um, and I did burn something and something stuck, you guys. So I put some eggs down. The olive oil was on the other side of the pan. I didn't realize it. And I was letting them fry. And they stuck like bejesus to it. Like yeah. there was no oil underneath them, but I didn't realize that when I cracked it in. Yep. And I was just letting them fry. And it was it was hard to get off. So... But as a rule, generally, it has been a dream as far as like, you know, throwing in a couple of things, scrambling them around, cleans up like crazy. And it's light. I do love that. Here's the other thing I don't like. It doesn't go in the oven. So for me, like people were saying, can you use it as a Dutch oven? You cannot. And so like I wanted to put the lid on and stick like some pork chops and then stick that in the oven. You can't do that. Um, But I do love uh, I do love it as far as like it's a quick, easy thing to use. Here's the other part for me. I don't like to have the lid and the steamer basket go with it. I have to find a place for the lid and the steamer basket now on my very limited counter space all the time. And that kind of is a weird bug. Uh huh. That's about it. But I like, like, so I guess I would say that I don't think I would pay the hundred and some bucks for it again. I think I would probably pay 60 to 80 bucks for it and be happy with it. Six, five, one, six, four, one, one, oh, seven, one. Just your review of that. I'm a no. I, you don't need, and here's the yeah. other thing: is like I, have I don't. Cast iron. I, I have, have Dutch oven. Right, my and, Well, it doesn't take the place of your Dutch oven. That's I have for my sure. Scan pan. It's also a little smaller than I wanted it to be for me. I do feed a human who is extremely large and hungry, and so like I can't. I need <laughs> a, big a bigger giant space. Baby. Yeah, I, I giant baby ate like you guys a Brussels sprout pan last night. That was just like a 15 inch skillet full of Brussels sprouts gone. You know, so that's the thing, and that's fine. But it's like, it's hard then. It's it's more of like a two person thing. Although we are two people, but you know, <laughs> you're two with a teenage boy. That's yeah, which three. counts for like four. So <laughs> yeah, at least. Yeah. So I would say I, I'm not mad at it. I just don't know if the value is there for that much money. You know, like I don't remember what I paid for Joey's crock pot or his the Duchess Dutch oven yeah. from Great Jones. I think that is a value. I feel like I didn't pay that much more than that, though. Maybe 150, maybe 200. I would do that. And I mean, that's the thing is like, I will pay for great cookware. I just want to make sure that it's, you know, that it does not become a, 
a weighted, you know, clutter in my kitchen. Right. I want to use it. And you're very like, if it can't pass muster, yeah. you move it along. Yeah. And Unless it's liquor, in which case then I store it, it stays forever. It does. I was thinking about moving and I felt like I had a lot of liquor to move. Yeah. And I was storing wine and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, gosh, what like. Your just liquor movement. Oh, you guys. It I mean, I, taken, like, I'm only co- renting this house for another year. So we I've got to burn that, that bar down. down. That is right. <laughs> I'm going to start slowly bringing bottles out and then making like mixes for people and just giving it away. Yeah, I like that. I'm going to have to kind of a Wapatui mix. Yeah, that's, that's not good. I drank for- it. <laughs> I did. I just put a little uh, yeah. sparkling water in there yeah. and a couple ice cubes. Yeah, I and might a have line. to do that. It might have to be a burn the bar wop mix, and then we'll just give it away Keep because it. I can't. Literally, I had a friend who hadn't been to my house before, and we were outside, and they walked in to go to the bathroom upstairs, and then as they were leaving, they're like, well, we have to talk about that <laughs> next time, and they pointed at my bar, and I was like, I know. Yeah, you posted a picture of it once on Instagram, if yeah, anyone is interested in taking a look at it. <laughs> well, thank you for that review yeah. of the Always Pan. If you have any other questions, you can send them in. We'll take your calls or your Stephanie at Stephanie March at Stephanie's Dish on Twitter. We're on the Facebooks. You can find us. Yep. We'll be right back with our top two in hour two.